Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, here we go. The news could not be coming more fast nor more furious. We got the coaching carousel spinning or in some cases stopping in ways we don't understand. We got the potential for four classics this weekend. We got Harry Douglas ready to roll. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Breaking news. Mike McCarthy remaining in Dallas. I think they viewed it as him winning 12 games in three straight seasons. And even though there's only one playoff win to show for it, they thought, you know what? We're going to run it back. See if we can make it work. And that's exactly what they're going to do. The voice of Adam Schefter, who was with us this morning, explaining it all on Get Up. Hembo is here. Cam is here. Bubba is back. And our buddy Harry Douglas, good enough to... Stick around after we wrap up, get up this morning before he gets ready for his show, Freddie and Harry, weekday afternoons here on ESPN Radio. So for those who were not with us this morning, what is your reaction to the Cowboys' decision to bring Mike McCarthy back for another year? Definitely not the decision I would have made. And part of the reason why I feel like that, Greeny, is because of the coaching candidate that you have available to you if you're Jerry Jones. When you look at a guy in Bill Belichick who's won six Super Bowls, you have a guy in Jim Harbaugh who showed that he's able to do it at the NFL level and also the college level, winning uh, instantly at the NFL level, but also building a program back up to national prominence in the Michigan Wolverines. And then you have a guy also, I believe, in Mike Vrabel who was able to take a Tennessee Titans team to an AFC championship uh, game, going to New England and beating Bill Belichick and Tom Brady before he departed there, and also going against the number one seed in the Baltimore Ravens, uh, all the way up into having a ton of injuries within a, a, a season and having a number one seed with the Tennessee Titans. So three qualified candidates, in my opinion, uh, that Jerry Jones, I, I thought, could have leaned on that I felt like could have been upgrades uh, at the head coaching position. So let me get a, an early appearance from Hashtag Bubba today. You Normally, uh, we save our visit to Bristol for a little bit into our first hour here. But if it's got a news of this consequence for the Cowboys, we have to hear from our resident Cowboy fan. Bubba, when that when Shefty first broke that late yesterday, it was, I don't know, probably 7.30, 8 o'clock last right. night when Shefty broke that. What was the first reaction? Uh, that I, I was not surprised at all. I literally was texting probably 15 of my friends immediately after the game. They all texted me, oh, he's gone, perfect, he'll be gone. I said, no, Jerry is going to bring him back. He's going to come back next year, I guarantee it, and this is what happened. So I'm not surprised at all but extremely disappointed and frustrated because it's going to be another wasted year. And I, it's, it's frustrating because I don't even want to watch the team next year. And, and, and Green, it, it sucks because, you know, I, I was – Dallas getting the number two seed, I expected them to be in the NFC Championship game. And, you know, if that would have happened, I would have been able to eat a meatball sub that I've been promising Bubba. Uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yes. So, I, I, look, he, here's the thing. The meatball sub, obviously, notwithstanding, although <laughs> n- who are we and who are any of us to scoff at a meatball sub? But, but here's the other piece of this, is that there were so many ways this could have gone. They got the two seed. It fell into their lap like a yep. gift. And this season could have ended in San Francisco with the Cowboys putting up a, a decent fight. And we would have said, that's a success. 100%. If Detroit had come in there and the two teams, this, you know, let's say that game had been this coming Sunday, and the two teams put on a classic and the Cowboys wound up losing a close game, you could talk me into saying they accomplished about what they were capable of. 
This was a meltdown. This was their worst defeat, and it was the worst blemish on Mike McCarthy because it was so blatantly coaching that let them down first and foremost. They were not prepared. They had no plan for the blitz whatsoever. They had no plan to stop the run whatsoever. Dak Prescott looked shaky. He looked confused. He looked overmatched, whatever term you want to use, overwhelmed from the moment he ran onto the field for the very first time. The Packers said when they won the coin toss, we want the ball, we're going to shove it right down your the throat. Ultimate, ultimate disrespect. Immediately and make you like it, and they did it, and the Cowboys didn't have an answer the entire day. That was, a, a, a trem- that was the worst coaching game we will see in the playoffs this year. I cannot believe that anyone could watch that and say, oh, yeah, this is the best answer I have going forward. Well, a few things when it, when it came to that ball game. Number one, uh, I don't know if you're the Dallas Cowboys, how you think you're going to contend for a Super Bowl. Number one, if you can't rush the football nor stop the run. Before that game, Aaron Jones had three straight 100-yard uh, uh, games, like back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back. And if the Green Bay Packers were able to be balanced offensively, it was going to be a long day for the Dallas Cowboys. But also, I think the – the inability to have your team ready. And players got to take a, a part of accountability as well because uh, you can't just rely on a coach to get you ready, but at the same time, it's a coach's responsibility to put you in the best positions to be successful on a football field. That did not happen offensively, defensively, nor on special teams. It really didn't. And it was a long day for Dak Prescott. And for him to lose a football game for the, for the second year in a row to a guy who is starting for the first time in his career – in uh, Jordan Love, and then last year in 2022, it was Brock Purdy. It's like everything went wrong for the Dallas Cowboys. I was supposed to be in Dallas this weekend, yep. expecting them to play. Had to cancel the trip. So Harry has never had a meatball sub, to be clear. He promised Bubba he would try one two years ago and hasn't done it yet. Uh, I, I would say that that uh, can stay intact for another year. Bubba has not earned forcing a meatball sub on you. The Cowboys <laughs> would have to earn that for him. Hembo, you said to me the other day, He's going to bring McCarthy back. So you saw this coming. So I guess mine for you is a two-part question. One, why did you know this would happen? And two, do you believe it's the right thing for them to do? I knew it would happen because this is what Jerry Jones does. Jerry Jones lets Jason Garrett coach the team for 10 years. Jerry Jones lets Mike McCarthy coach the team up until his contract expires because that's what Jerry Jones does. He's... He's a little bit too risk averse, which is funny to say about Jerry Jones, who I think we have, who has a reputation that is not deserved. He's most definitely not a risk averse owner. I think it's the wrong decision. Mike McCarthy is a good coach. I think that's inarguable. 12 wins in three consecutive seasons is an achievement. The question is, is he the right coach? And I think the answer to that question is no. I'll provide you two examples. There was once upon a time where the Golden State Warriors had a coach named Mark Jackson, who made the playoffs in two consecutive seasons, but that wasn't good enough for them. They hired Steve Kerr, and they immediately won the championship and built a dynasty. The same can be said of the Toronto Raptors. Dwayne Casey had five straight 48-win seasons, five straight playoff appearances. That wasn't good enough for them. They hired Nick Nurse, traded for Kawhi Leonard, and immediately won the championship. So sometimes history favors the reckless and the brave, and in this case, Jerry Jones did the opposite. Yeah, and the other piece of it is that if you want to make the reverse argument, I could see doing it in baseball, because in baseball— It's all about getting into the postseason because there is a randomness to what winds up happening in the playoffs in baseball. 
There isn't that randomness. The idea that, well, we'll get in the playoffs every year and then one year it'll fall our way. That's not, that doesn't work in football. It never has and it never will. That's not the nature of the sport. It's not the way any individual football game is decided. They were exposed in a lot of ways in that game. We'll see. Now, having said all of that, and a reminder, we will have one of the games this weekend here. We'll have Texas Ravens, excuse me, Texans Ravens Saturday, ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus, 4.30 Eastern Time. Harry, uh, right now, Bill Belichick, everyone I've heard suggests that he's going to wind up in Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta is your home. That's your team. That's where you played and all that stuff. Do you believe Belichick winds up in Atlanta? Yes, but it wouldn't surprise me if I seen Belichick with the Los Angeles Chargers either. Um, there are two guys on my mind that I wouldn't mind having in Atlanta. Bill Belichick is one, and also Jim Harbaugh is the second one. Uh, I lean more towards Jim because he's younger. Um, he's leaving the college game. He can relate to these players on all type of levels. Uh, I seen him take a Michigan Wolverines football team that needed to be brought back to something special in which they once had. I seen them have the instant gratification in the National Football League. Hell, I lost to him in 2012 in the NFC Championship game. So I, I've seen him on the coaching ranks and the coaching levels be able to have success everywhere in San Diego with Stanford, San Francisco, with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I, but I think the ability to handle the young player, in which Atlanta has a ton of, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, they have a lot of young talent. That's something that stands out to me. Now, Bill Belichick is not a bad candidate, and if he gets this job, I'm going to be happy about it. I just like Jim Harbaugh more uh, when it comes to those two guys. Hembo, do you think Belichick winds up in Philly? This is I, That's what you've been campaigning for for – more than a week now since before their season ended. It is now ended, and we continue to get no word that is official out of Philadelphia that Sirianni is coming back. Are your hopes up? My hopes are down. My expectation is that Jeffrey Lurie keeps Nick Sirianni and replaces both of the coordinators. That's just reading tea leaves. I just, I've seen nothing that makes me believe that they're going to deviate from that. But there could also be some back-channeling, for lack of a better term right now, between Jeffrey Lurie and Bill Belichick and his representation, sort of getting a sense of, well, would you be interested in this job? I mean, historically, the Eagles have not hired, like, the, the big-name celebrity coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Chip Kelly, I guess, to an extent was that, but he was coming from the college game. But Doug Peterson and Nick Sirianni were quite the opposite. I mean, those guys didn't get interviews with other teams. So this would be a, a deviation for sure. My expectation is that they bring back Sirianni and find new coordinators, but I don't think we'll see Bill Belichick make his decision until we know for sure about the Philly job. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the simple fact that Belichick hasn't wound up somewhere yet suggests to me that there is a shoe that hasn't dropped that he's waiting for. Mm. Or, or to your point, a conversation he is actively or passively taking part in, and the one that makes sense, the two that made sense to me were Dallas and Philly. Because those feel like two places. Here's what I think I want if I'm Bill. I want to walk in some place that I can win immediately and that I can win a championship. Those aren't necessarily the same thing. In Atlanta, I think you can win immediately because the division is bad, yep. the talent is good. You walk in, you 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 take the roster that already exists and you use it a lot better than Arthur, Arthur Smith was using it. I think you can win immediately. I'm not sure you can win a championship. I think Philadelphia and Dallas both have closer to championship rosters that Bill could walk into and turn into a championship caliber team. You know, something that Shefty said earlier this week on Get Up was, it is, or last week maybe, when we, when we learned that Bill was not coming back to New England, Harry, was, 
he's going to want to go somewhere with a quarterback because we saw what happened the last couple of years with Mac Jones and yep. with Bailey Zappi. What is Atlanta's path to a quarterback? Because it's my opinion, certainly, that their quarterback of the future is not on the roster right now. Well, that's another thing that, that kind of concerns me because Atlanta has the eighth overall pick, right? right? So are you drafting a quarterback or are you trying to go get a quarterback in free agency? If you're getting a veteran quarterback free agency-wise or you're trying to trade for one, a veteran guy, then it makes sense, in my opinion, for Bill Belichick. Now, if you're trying to do this through the draft and everything is on the table, Atlanta could easily move up. Mm-hmm. Seen them move up in the past, not to take a quarterback, but they moved up to take Julio Jones. They did. Right, who was a game changer and they paid huge dividends for the organization. If that's your decision, I believe in Jim Harbaugh because I've seen him uh, develop young quarterbacks. What should they do at quarterback? Everyone in the world has Justin Fields going there. For me, if you can trade up, and get Jaden Daniels, you trade up and go get Jaden Daniels. You might have to go all the way to two. I'm, I'm look, I'm, I've started my draft prep. So the draft preparation yep. I've been doing, the most recent mock draft I'm working off of, just to give everyone a sense, it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. I just need to know who the players are. I don't have to know what order they're going to go in. But so I just get a hold of a mock draft so I can see all the names that might get drafted, and then I do my research on these players. The one I'm working off of right now has Jaden Daniels going two. It has Caleb Williams one, Jaden Daniels two, Drake May three. Sometimes you got to do things in order for your organization to be where you want it to be. Now, let me also say this, Greeny. When I look at the Atlanta Falcons as an organization, the last 18, 20 years, right, you look at franchise quarterback. They had Michael Vick, right? They had an opportunity. Uh, I got drafted in 2008 with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, we went 13-3 and two times. We went to an NFC Championship game. When I left there, Matt Ryan was able to go to a Super Bowl before they lost the game 28-3. to The moral of the story is that you had a franchise guy. Right. And you give yourself an opportunity. If you don't give yourself that opportunity. So you're, 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 you are not sold on fields. No, I'm not saying Becoming that. Becoming that guy. I'm just saying if, if, if you I— You might be able to trade a second. My point is you might be able to trade a second-round pick for him and still use the eighth pick in the draft on something else. Like, I don't know that—this is just one person talking. Is there greater certainty to you in, about Jaden Daniels than there is about Justin Fields? He won a Heisman. I understand that, but he is slight, all right? I, I mean, he's, he is, he is not He's not thick. I'm not sure what other way— but, but He's very, very skinny. In a Falcons offense that has a good offensive line— you have a Bijan Robinson. You have a Tala Ajir who rushed for a thousand yards before yes. Bijan got there. I love there. him. Yeah, two solid tight ends and a wide receiver. I think he'd be all right. But but, but Justin Fields might as well, and he might 100%. cost you less. And he's built like a little more, got a little more oomph to him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how That's else to point. put it. I, I like Field. Look, I'm a Fields believer, and and I I think that one makes all the sense in the world. I feel like Fields to Atlanta makes all. Well, the let sense me say this. Yeah. If the Atlanta Falcons this season in 2023 just had a quarterback that was damn decent, they would have been in the situation that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in. For they would have sure. won the division. Absolutely. I, I entirely watched too many times in the red zone quarterbacks, whether it was Ritter or whether it was you know Heineke, turn the football over and a field goal just would have been acceptable. Too many times. Absolutely. And they they would be, be playing this weekend. They would, be doing ex- they'd be, they would be doing exactly what is happening now. They would be yep. in Detroit this Sunday. We are live up in the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase Harry. Thank you. We'll hear you this afternoon. You're going to Buffalo this weekend? Yeah, man. I'm going to be up there in the cold, but I'll be in the suite. Shout out to my boy Daquan Jones. Uh, bring back some wings for me, if you would, please. With I'm, ranch, right? No, with ranch, exclusively. Okay. No blue cheese. Yeah. But I do eat them with a fork and knife. Blue cheese. <laughs> are you okay with that? All right. When you come to Atlanta, we cannot do that. I mean, I don't know what you – I eat everything with a fork and knife. I'll take you a nice little spot in Atlanta. Okay, and unless we could eat it with a spoon, 
Chopsticks? You're not eating wings with utensils in Atlanta, Greeny. <laughs> That's not happening. This guy's I, never I, been below I the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> we'll talk offline. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We got lots to do here this morning, and we will do it all in 30 seconds after this word from Granger uh, for... The ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions, plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop on by. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, Bubba is back from his nightmare trip to Texas. Now, I was not here yesterday, but it is my understanding that you all talked about this in some length, but I've not had the chance to get the full rundown. So, Bubba, give me and anyone who was not here yesterday with us uh, the 30-second version on your return. When last seen, you were at the Cowboys game on Sunday. Yeah. In extraordinary and in, in just defeated frustrated and unhappy fashion. We all understood that. Then you went back to your hotel. You 
for reasons known only to you, booked a Monday night flight that to return. The, it was the only nonstop flight out of Dallas. Only yeah. nonstop flight because, obviously, uh, you can't connect. That's not something that a person of your caliber ever even considers. So you had booked the only non the only flight, which then, of course, got canceled. So then you were missing Tuesday, and then Tuesday seems to have gone sideways. What can you catch us up on? Yep. So our, our flight got canceled. We you know because we came down, we missed our initial connection flight going down. So we didn't want to do that again. So we said, let's just get the, non- the only nonstop out of there, so we don't have any issues. So we had the one nonstop leaving Dallas. Of course, that got canceled thirty minutes beforehand. We talked to American. All they said they could do was Wednesday a.m., which is two days later. So we said, we're not going to do that. We went back to the Hyatt at the DFW airport, stayed there for the night. We're able to book another flight on Delta the next day. So that was 5 p.m. Delta the next afternoon. So, again, we had the full day to sit around and do nothing. Got to the airport the next day, 5 p.m. plane left on time. Cool. No issues there. Got to Detroit. Had a layover in Detroit. Got there. Uh, and that's where things got a little haywire again. Arrived in Detroit, uh, delay there, no flight attendants. They say the plane was going to take off eventually. Eventually, the flight attendants arrive, go up to give us, you know, give us our our boarding pass. The it turns red. They say you're not on the flight. You're actually supposed to be in Laguardia, even though I have a boarding pass. Luckily, there it was not a full plane, or else I would have just lost my mind. Um, because they messed something up, so they re- they've changed some things on the computer, got us on that flight. Uh, we sit on the tarmac for about 45 minutes. They make an announcement saying they forgot to load the bags. Um, no bags were loaded on the plane. The flight attendant said that's something they've never heard in their life. So they forgot to load the bags. That takes another 30 minutes. We eventually move off the tarmac. Then they have to de-ice the plane. That took another 20 minutes. Then we eventually start moving. We get to Hartford finally arrive, and then they say, welcome to Hartford. We're going to be pulling into gate number nine. There's another plane there. Once that plane leaves, we can pull in. So that took another half hour. We just sat there and waited. Apparently, they can only use one gate at a time. (laughs) Um, So then we just sat there. Then we finally got picked up, got our car. Then I had to drive back to my parents' house, drop my dad off. So I got home around 2.25 a.m., roughly 29 hours after originally planned and uh and mike mccarthy's coming back and so so in every way things are going incredibly badly for you Bubba. you do have my sympathy because we've all been there travel you know woes whatever it is the travel frustrations are the worst here is my question how do you kill that time when you say you have nothing to do this time to kill on a plane this time to kill in a hotel room everyone does it differently my wife would have watched if, if she were in the exact situation you were in over the course of those 29 hours mm-hmm. I think it's reasonable to, to to guess she would have watched six entire movies. She will watch a movie no matter what flight we're on. If, if we're going someplace, if, if the flight is 48 minutes, she has a, a movie downloaded that she'll watch half of on that plane. She would have watched six full movies. I would have read books. Many people will do many different things. What did you do to kill the time? Well, the good thing was, you know, we would get the latest possible check out at the hotel. So that was, we would do that first. We stayed in the hotel as late as possible. The good thing on Monday was we initially were able to just stay in a bar and watch the Bills Steelers. So we kind of just hung out there and just watched football. So that wasn't an issue. It's not there. that bad. So that wasn't too bad. And then yesterday we kind of just lingered about and didn't really do anything. We just kind of sat around. And then on the plane yesterday, the pretty much the only positive thing that happened to me was I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that was really the only good thing we did was I, I got to watch that on the plane. I, I didn't really do anything during the downtime. Um, 
any specific thing. I just kind of wandered around, looked on my phone, did different things. I didn't really have a go-to thing. Um, but again, I kind of lucked out with being able to watch Bill Steelers. That helped us the most. And then I was able to watch some, some movies on the plane um, from Delta. So that worked out. All right. That's a brutal day. We are sorry that it happened, but we are glad that you are back. And the hashtag crew is back and intact as we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Well, look, I mean, Jerry Jones doesn't need any advice from me, but I'm going to give him some anyway. The man's a billionaire. He's a self-made billionaire. And he has turned his franchise into the most valuable property in American sports. So he knows everything there is to know about business. But the reality is, if his goal, if one of his top five goals is to win another Super Bowl, then he's going about this entirely the wrong way. I respect the idea that remaining relevant, as the Cowboys always do, might actually be their goal. They always play the highest rated game of the weekend. I'll just give you a little insight behind the curtain. That game did 40 million viewers on Sunday, despite the fact that it was over in the second quarter. If anyone else was losing the way the Cowboys were losing that day, America would have turned that game off. You don't turn it off when it's the Cowboys because there is a drama. There, there is an element of soap opera, of reality television, that they have that no other team in the NFL even approaches. Monday morning, we made the decision to over the— there was criticism from some, and I get it. I understand how people feel. But I took the responsibility. I said to the entire team of Get Up, if anyone says anything to you about the way we programmed the show today, you tell them it was Greeny's fault. We did two nonstop hours of Cowboys coverage after they lost on Monday. We did not deviate. We did not do anything else. I know there were people who were upset with it, and I get it. But our job is to put a show on television that the largest number of people want to watch. Monday was the highest rated show in the five and a half year history of Get Up. More people watched us Monday than any other day. It surpassed our previous high, which had been the day after DeMar Hamlin almost died on a football field. That's who the Dallas Cowboys are. And Jerry Jones has made them that, and he has profited greatly by that. And if that's his priority, that's fine. And I fully can appreciate that he can't come out and say that. He can't get up there and say, you know, the most important thing for me is that we remain as relevant as we are. I get it. But he's not trying to win a championship if he's keeping Mike McCarthy. You can just see it. How much would you bet right now, Hembo, that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys will not win a Super Bowl championship together? What, what, would, what would someone have to offer you as odds for you to take that bet? If they didn't get it done this year, if they couldn't even get out of that game this year against a team, by the way, that is about to lap them, about, against a team that just lost one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks that ever lived and a year later is way ahead of the Cowboys in terms of proximity to winning a championship, what odds would I have to give you that you would say, yeah, I'll risk some of my hard-earned money betting that the Cowboys are going to win a Super Bowl (laughs) with Mike McCarthy? I think it is exceedingly unlikely, and that is because the three best teams the Cowboys could ever have under Mike McCarthy are the last three teams. I I did a little research on this because you've been mentioning this on Get Up. So... If you look at the top of the market right now, when it comes to the futures of Dak, 
Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb. Right now, the top of the quarterback market is Joe Burrow. He earns $55 million annually. Number one for edge rushers is Nick Bosa. He earns $34 million annually. And number one among wide receivers is Tyreek Hill. He earns $30 million annually. You add up those three salaries, it's about $120 million. The cap next year is expected to be about $240 million. You do the math. That is not to say that the Cowboys can't remain super competitive, but it's mathematically impossible for their roster to be as good as it's been. Micah and C.D. Lamb have been on their rookie contracts, and Dax, by quarterback standards, at $40 million a year has actually been pretty affordable. So it's almost not possible that the Cowboys could remain as good in the future if only because of the math. Yes, this was their shot. Everything lined up for them. Everything fell into place. The Eagles collapsed inexplicably when the division seemed out of hand. When they were about to lose that game to Detroit, the officials inexplicably decided that someone who had very obviously reported actually had not. Everything was falling their way. This was finally their year. And then it wasn't. And it's not because Stephen A. Smith, what he always says, it's not because something always goes wrong. You know why something always goes wrong? When you're not prepared. Mike McCarthy is a good coach. He's not a great one. Bill Belichick is a great coach. If Jerry Jones didn't try to get Bill Belichick to coach his team, then he didn't do everything he could to win a championship. Bill Belichick, the old legend about Bear Bryant was he could take your players and beat his, and he could take his players and beat yours. You give Bill Belichick that team, they would have been my pick to win the Super Bowl next year, and they would have been a lot of people's. Now they are stuck with, as you just described, three players they have no choice but to sign, who are going to take up 50% of the projected salary cap. And let me take it a little step further. It pains me to dive into Dak Prescott's shortcomings. This is where being... I, I, I almost never criticize a person personally. But it is so hard when you criticize someone professionally not to feel bad. It is my job to criticize Dak Prescott's performance. Everything about him personally is what you dream of. Now, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I'm friends with him. I don't know him that well. I've met him. He's very pleasant. But what I'm saying is when you draw up what you want in a quarterback in a face of your franchise, he's all of it. He's a leader. He's a stand-up guy. He's great in the community. He never says anything wrong. He's, he, is, he is what you dream of when you, when you imagine, how do I want my quarterback to behave? But unfortunately, at this moment, he appears destined to be on a fairly substantial list of players who were very good, but did not elevate when the lights were the brightest. And that's how they never wind up being all-time greats. There are reasons why everyone knows who Tom Brady, and in every sport, this includes every sport, who Michael Jordan, all these guys are. There were great regular season players in every sport who never elevated. The most obvious example that is current, I think, is James Harden. James Harden, if there was no such thing as playoffs, if every year was just 82 games and then it ended, would inarguably be one of the 10 greatest players in basketball history, right? His numbers in the regular season would put him on the top 10 of greatest players that ever lived. But no one in their right minds will put him there Because when the games have mattered the most, he has been the least. He has been at his worst. And unfortunately, that's where Dak Prescott is right now. 
Now, he has hopefully half a career left to rewrite that narrative. Is he 30? He's 30. So he's just 30, though. Mm -hmm. He's not over 30. He's 30. He's got seven, eight, whatever it is, years left. He can absolutely rewrite that to a point that we will talk about him and say, remember when we used to say Dak couldn't win the big one? But right now, he can't win the big one. And they're going to have to pay him the way you pay the guys who can. And that's another problem they have coming up. I'm going to paint a picture, Greeny, and I want you to tell me if this is a fair comparison to make. By no means do I think Dak Prescott is equal to Peyton Manning. But if you look at their careers at this juncture, which is through eight seasons, they're actually very similar. Uh, Peyton Manning at this juncture was three and six in the playoffs. Dak is two and five. Over the first eight years of Peyton's career, the Colts had the number one offense in the sport. The Cowboys ranked number three. It wasn't until 2006, Peyton Manning's ninth season, that they finally won a Super Bowl. And in that year, the Colts outrushed their opponent by 273 yards in four playoff games. Like, that was when they finally became multiple. Now, Mm -hmm. at that point, Peyton Manning had already won the MVP twice, had already established himself as one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the regular season the league had ever known. But it's kind of similar. It feels kind of the same to me. They play indoors, right? They have this pass rush. And then when it got to the playoffs, we'd always see the same loss, like, each of the losses were almost carbon copies of each other. Fair or unfair? It, it is fair, except that this week dispels that. They lost a game they had no business losing. First of all, and you, you prefaced it with this, Dak is not on Peyton's level. He's not. Peyton Manning was clearly one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks ever at a time when he wasn't elevating in the playoffs. Dak is merely very good. But th- you said that. The numbers are similar in the playoffs, I will say. Perhaps, but not in the regular no. season. Pey- Peyton Manning was well on his way to being an immortal, and, and Dak is not. Dak is not an MVP. He's never been particularly close. Agreed. This game makes no sense because this is they got obliterated in a game that they absolutely should not have. Now, Peyton did have one of those. The Jets killed them. Mm-hmm. The Jets, in what amounts at this point still to their, to their most recent home playoff game, which was, a, which was Chad and Herman's team 2002 regular season. I was at that game. I think the Jets beat them something like 38 nothing. Right? 41. 41 nothing. You must have left before the field goal. That, that, no, no, I didn't leave. Let me tell you. <laughs> if I had known that was going to be that, that's 21 years ago, and they still haven't played a home playoff game again. But anyway, may, maybe this is that game because they got that kind of shellacked by a team that should not have done that to them. Uh, by a quarterback who should not have been ready to beat them that badly. So, look, in every single way, I think the Cowboys have done this entirely wrong. They will be good again next year. They will not be great. Hambo Sneaky Trivia, let's go. Group trivia today, friends. I'm looking at a list of the most common coaching matchups, coach versus coach, in the history of the NFL playoffs. So I'm seeing during the Super Bowl era, Greeny, there are three coaching matchups that have been played at least Four times. You're going to give me those three matchups. All right. We will put these together and take our shot at Hembo next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, 
Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, we've got Texans Ravens Saturday, ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus, 4.30 Eastern Time. Meanwhile, Hembo has us racking our brains. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? We like the question today, Hembo, go. During the Super Bowl era, uh, so that dates to the 1966 season, uh, there are three coaching matchups that have been played at least four times in the playoffs, what are those three matchups? So the first thing I thought of is I'm surprised that there are only three of those. It makes you realize just how fleeting this stuff is. How many matchups did you say there were of coaches who met three times? There are 19 such matchups. So there were 19 such, there are 19 pairs of coaches who met in the playoffs three times. Mm -hmm. But there are only three who met four times. That's right. So this is a group we have together here. So Cam and Bubba, we, there's one that I think I know, and it's almost unfair, but Hembo and I, in preparing uh, a little mini essay that I did today on Get Up about Mahomes and Allen, we mentioned the fact that Staubach and, and Bradshaw, excuse me, Stabler and Bradshaw met five times in the playoffs. The coaches of those teams would have been John Madden and Chuck Knoll. So I have to believe Madden and Noel is one of them. So that's going to be our first guess. That's correct. Okay. They met five times. Five times. So they're the five, and then we've got two fours. So I feel Cam, really, feel very good yeah, about really Cam's good. confident about it. Let's go. Let's go. Oh nine, eleven, twelve, and fourteen. I'm pretty confident that we had Patriots Ravens. All right. So we're going to go Bill Belichick and John Harbaugh. That is correct. Okay. Woo! And now I'm lost. We, we have nothing for the third one. So so. The name Tom Landry keeps coming into my head. He, he was the coach of the Cowboys forever. They were in the playoffs every year. So I'm trying to think who he would have met in the playoffs 
that many times. The, the, the coach who comes to my mind is Bud Grant. Right. Bud Grant was the coach of the Vikings forever. They may very well have played. They certainly met in the playoffs. Could it have been four times? I don't know, but it could have been. The only other one was maybe Chuck Knox, but I think it's likelier that he would have faced Bud Grant more times than Knox when Knox was the coach of the Rams. So I don't have another guess. Bubba, do you have anything? I mean, the only other name, I can't think of pairs specifically. We were thinking, you know, Holmgren, Carroll, uh, Peyton, um, Levy, but I'm trying to think of who. Andy would... Reid? I feel like Reid's tough because he split time. Because he's yeah. in both conferences. And they he... were always playing different teams, those Eagles teams. So I think Landry. I don't, Grant, have, a, I don't have a better makes guess. Sense. I don't have yeah. a better guess. Can I just ask one stupid question to you two guys? Is there any way Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin have met in the playoffs four times? There was a moment in time there where I felt Kansas City played Pittsburgh a lot in the playoffs. I, I, four I would is guess, a lot. I would guess they're not at Me four. too. Me too. <sighs> I, mean, I don't like have a said, better guess. When you're saying it out loud, Landry was in the playoffs all the time and Bud Grant, you know, it makes sense. Because they we, have to at least been one of the three. So. Yeah. All right. So, so because we don't have another guess, it, definitively my least confident, but we're going to go with Tom Landry and Bud Grant. That is correct. Oh! 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 oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh, I'm so pleased with that oh, right now. Great that is so good. job. Hembo is so Greeny. upset. Nice. Incredible job. That, that, yeah. A green man coming through. Wow. Oh, that was big. That was big. That was a big one. That's a, Greeny feels so good about wow. that. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, so they met. Do you have the years? It yeah. would have been all in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, get the years, right? loser. Let me, let me collect my thoughts here. So, yeah, they met four times. The years were 71, 73, 75 and 77. Oh. Landry won three of those four. Three of the four. Meetings. Oh, but yeah. So the yeah, one, baby. That's so good. Oh, that's such a delight. All right. So let's run down the scoreboard. All right. I'm going to leave uh, Brandon and Jack out of this one. Well, but, no, they, they, they contributed, did but they? they didn't contribute anything meaningful. <laughs> I don't think we can give Jack his first we, win. Jack just that stood way. there saying things he thought it probably wasn't. Like, that was Jack's That's contribution to this. It probably isn't this. Like, I thought of this, but it's probably Bubba, wrong. Bubba, you'll get a kick out of this. When, when I, I wasn't giving you guys hints, but I said there are no duplicates, and Jack responded by saying, oh, so there's nobody on there twice? <laughs> he just wanted to confirm. Thank you for, thank you for under, your understanding. So that's what duplicates mean? All right. The definition right. of duplicates. I, I'm leaving Jack and Brandon out. We'll give this to us three. Okay. Bubba's now six and four on the year. Wow. Uh, you and I are five and six, Greeny. Brandon's two and five. Jack's 0 oh and four. That's a good pull, man. Can't give him a win for that one. And Dominique's 0 oh and one. Okay. Very good. Good that job, a, us. Good job, a us. Great and fun question. So, coaching rivalries in the playoffs are probably the second best thing we have in the sport. The best thing we have are the quarterback rivalries. The legendary quarterback rivalries define pro football. So if you just want to go back through the Super Bowl era, and we did this on TV today, Roger Staub, and, and I keep saying Staubach, I'm sorry, Ken Stabler and Terry Bradshaw met in the playoffs every year. That was football, Raiders, Steelers, AFC championship game. J- they hated each other. Stabler and Bradshaw, such different personalities. Awesome. The rivalries would continue. The next one that we spotlighted this morning on TV was Steve Young against Brett Favre. Every year they met in the playoffs, year after year. That was definition. It was was pro football at that time. 
Then for the last 20 years or so, certainly Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, their rivalry, meeting in the playoffs year after year, that defined football. And it is my hypothesis that as of this coming Sunday, that rivalry for this generation is going to be Patrick Mahomes against Josh Allen. Now, to be clear, Mahomes is the face of the sport right now. He's the unquestioned best quarterback in football. And there are three contenders to be his chief rival. Of those three, frankly, Josh Allen has the least actual stake to it, the least legitimate case to be made. Lamar Jackson's case to be the chief rival to Mahomes is much more legitimate. He's going to be a two-time MVP in a few weeks, and he's right now quarterbacking the best team. He may wind up winning the Super Bowl. If if, If Lamar Jackson wins the MVP and the Super Bowl in the next month, then this will be an irrelevant conversation. It'll clearly be him and Mahomes. Before he does that, it is currently Burrow and Mahomes. Burrow has gone into Kansas City and beaten Mahomes in the playoffs. He's gone into Buffalo and beaten Allen in the playoffs. He has been in a Super Bowl and damn near won it. So as of this moment, if you were going to choose a chief rival to Mahomes, I think you'd have to say Burrow. But I'm a believer in Josh Allen. Only The, the only thing that those of us who are supporting Josh Allen in this argument can say is, I think he is capable of it. But he has to prove it. The best and most famous game Josh Allen ever played, he lost. He threw four touchdowns to Gabe Davis in the divisional round in Kansas City, walked off the field with 13 seconds left in the lead. And we all know what happened from there. So it's not his fault he lost, but he lost. He's got to beat him. He's 0-2 against Mahomes in the playoffs. He's finally got him in his own building this weekend. He's got him at a time where his team is hot. And the Chiefs look more vulnerable than they have at probably any point since their run began. This is it for Josh Allen, Hembo. So that's why when I say he has more at stake than anybody else, what I mean is he vaults himself into the immortal discussion if he wins this weekend. There is no question about it. It's it's funny to me how history repeats itself because from from 01 to 2018 – it was Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, and then Philip Rivers was the one that wasn't able to ever get there. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh Allen is a far superior talent to Philip Rivers, but that's who he is so far. I mean, Brady got to nine, Manning to four, Big Ben to three. Flacco got to one. Rich Gannon got to one during that time, but Rivers never did. So to me, like the, the, the big four, if you will, in the AFC right now, the names we all know and, and love, it's, it's Mahomes on a different plane. And I think you're 100% right in. This is Josh Allen's opportunity to capture some of that skin. Yeah. Uh, right now, I think you'd have to give it to Burrow because of his playoff wins. You would have to give it to Lamar in terms of his general spectacular career and two MVPs, which is more than Burrow and Allen have combined. Mm-hmm. And, and, but he's got you know, to win a, a, a big game. And he's got an excellent chance to do it. He has the best team right now. Let's see if he can do it. I have a lot more to say about this, and we will do so as we continue. Still basking in the glow of our trivia win on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or... 
Watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.